Welcome to the Made Up Savannah podcast. I'm your host, Dee Daniels. Made Up Savannah is a creative production of Corcoran Austin Hill Realty, serving Savannah since 1978. And the Made Up Savannah podcast is brought to you by Savoy Society, colleagues and lovers, and the Savannah Cabaret. Welcome to the Made of Savannah podcast. I'm your host, Dee Daniels. I am so excited to welcome back a guest. She's a regular now, Enika Edenfield. She's a historian and a tour guide here in Savannah and a guide extraordinaire. Are there guide awards, Enika? Because I feel like you deserve one. Oh, thank you. Yes. Uh, not really, except for when they do like the best of Savannah at various publications. <laughs> That's true. That's true. They do those. Um, well, you deserve them. You're a fantastic guide. Uh, I've been on your tours and there are more tours of yours I want to go on. And I'm so excited to have you here um, as we celebrate the month of love. Um, yes. it, <laughs> you're wearing your love uh, sweater. Yep. You're all love decked out. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot to talk about. I mean, speaking of love, I, I know we've got some uh, some fun things happening for you this week. You're doing a very specialized tour right now. Yes. Tell me a little bit about that. So this is the third year I'm doing it. It's called Bad Love, a Valentine's Ghost Tour of Savannah. And at Valentine's Day, you know, you're hanging out with your sweetie or your gals, whichever <laughs> you're doing. Uh, and it's Nice to be reminded that you're doing good. You're doing good. Mm -hmm. That whatever is going on in your life and your personal relationships, it's not as bad as somebody else's. That's right. So this ghost tour concentrates on bad, toxic, uh, tragic love. There's there's a couple of nice stories in there. But uh, basically at the end, you're like, oh, we're doing good. That's right. It's not as bad as that. No (laughs) one's murdered me with an ax. My life is great. That's fantastic. I love that. Um, the the grass is not always greener. No. <laughs> uh, I, this is great because you already have, uh, you've already had spots filling up for this tour and um, you've got some still available for folks on Saturday, the 17th. So yes. people can still jump in on this tour this weekend. Yes. If they go to my website, enicaedenfieldtours.com, they can find a link there. I've got as we're speaking, I've got eight spots available still, uh, but I expect those will go fast. Yes, I'm sure. Um, so what I love about you, Enika, is the way that you dive into history. I mean, you're not only a tour guide and and a ghost storyteller and all of those things, but you dive into history and facts, and those are really important to you. Yes. And it's, it's, it's so funny to you because you can go on tours here in Savannah and you'll hear a, a different twist, I think, on every mm-hmm. tour. But you really dig in and try to get like all the the true facts. Yeah. And I think that's a turn that you're starting to see. I think more and more tour companies uh, are looking into the history and making sure that it's factually accurate instead of just telling wild tales to try and scare people. Um, but Savannah's history is weird on its own. You don't have to make anything up. You don't have to twist it. No, (laughs) it is. You're right. It's weird. Um, a lot of it is sad. A lot of it is, uh, scary. Mm -hmm. I mean, it sort of, um, builds its own sort of storyboards itself really. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, what, what I want to talk about, um, 
too, is that I love the fact that you're, you're both like you are so fact-based and, and you like to, you know, really dig into the history of things, but you're also a believer in, in things that are unseen. Yeah. I say that I'm a history nerd first and a paranormal nerd second. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you've, uh, you've recently had some investigations that you've been Yes. diving into, which I'd love to hear a little a little bit behind the scenes about. I have been fortunate enough to uh, be invited into some spaces within the last year. Uh, over on MLK is a brand new jazz club that just opened up, King Oliver's. And back behind it is Agatha's Coffee and Tea House. I just went there. It's very cool. It's so cool. Yeah. I love that place. Uh, and the owners own both places. Okay. Uh, and they are fantastic. I stumbled into Agatha's uh, one day out of the blue and fell in love with it, started talking to the owners, mentioned that I did ghost tours, and they said, oh, you know this place is haunted. And I said, oh, really? (laughs) Ears perked up. (laughs) Imagine that. Something in Savannah's haunted. Uh, But no, they were very sweet, and they were telling me about all the occurrences that they had been having. Uh, And they also mentioned that two books – in the on the coffee shop side had gone missing. Oh. And they also took me into King Oliver's side. They hadn't opened up at that point. They were still getting things sorted out. And they pointed to a lamp on the wall. And they said, that is our ghost lamp. And the spirits here chose that. Really? Yes. So back in Agatha's, they have a lamp that they leave on all the time. And in the theater, you always leave a lamp on the stage. You call it the ghost light. Uh, because, you know, various superstitions and also it lights the stage in case anybody needs to get anything in the middle of the night. It's practical too. Right. Okay. Uh, and some of the owners have a theatric background and so they decided to leave on a ghost light back in Agatha's and they were talking amongst themselves and said, oh, we should have one up front at King Oliver's just in case something happens in the middle of the night and an alarm goes off. We need to send somebody by. At least they'll be able to look through the window and see if anybody's here. And they just mentioned that, went on. The next morning they come in and one of those lights is on. Hmm. And the way they explained it to me, uh, they had light bulbs in them, but you had to physically screw them in in order to turn them on and they hadn't screwed them in. And apparently in the middle of the night, one of the ghosts was like, you know what, this light's good and screw this (laughs) light bulb in. (laughs) So it was actually screwed in. Like when they checked it, it had been screwed in. Mm -hmm. Wow. And they've left that light on ever since. Wow. Yeah, I wouldn't mess with that after that either. No. Uh, and I asked if they would be willing to let us come in and do an investigation because it sounded really active. Uh, and a lot of the places in Savannah that people like to investigate are places that everybody's investigated. Everybody's gone to Moon River. Everybody's gone to the Sorrel Weed House. Mm-hmm. But this was this was a new place. Uh, so I they said yes. And I asked two of my friends, Chris and Madison, Uh, from the Most Haunted City on Earth podcast to come with me. And we got a lot of stuff. It was kind of interesting, though. Uh, We live streamed the whole thing. Uh, I live streamed part of it on TikTok. They live streamed part of it on their YouTube. And we did something called an Estes method. Okay. Uh, 
It is where one person wears a blindfold, they have on noise-canceling headphones, and the headphones are plugged into a spirit box, which is essentially a broken radio. It scans through radio stations. And the idea is that ghosts are supposed to be able to grab words and speak through the spirit box. Mm. And the person with the blindfold and headphones on is the only person who can hear everything. They can't hear anything outside of that. So everybody outside is asking questions of the spirits, and the idea is that you've got a controlled environment and the person answering can't hear the questions. So hopefully you're getting accurate answers. Uh, Again, this is all theoretical. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But uh, Madison did that first. We got some interesting answers. Then she and I switched out. I'm still live streaming. My camera is pointed towards me. And we've got the spirit box on the bar in front of me. I've got both my hands on the bar. You can see my hands. And when I went back to watch the video, the spirit box moves. No. No way. Mm -hmm. Did you feel anything? I didn't feel anything. The only way I knew something happened is because Madison saw it. Madison's the only one who saw it happen. Because you're blindfolded. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. Uh, So I went back later and watched the video and I caught it on video. Uh, And later on that night, we're still using the spirit box, getting some answers, but the answers aren't matching up with what we know about the spirits there. Like everything seemed a little off. And Bob, one of the owners, had been back in the kitchen. He had been watching our live stream on his phone, but he wasn't in the room with us. And finally, he walks back into King Oliver's and says, Just so y'all know, I've been asking questions back in the kitchen, and the answers you're getting are matching with my questions. Oh, wow. And I'm like, oh, okay, that makes a little bit more sense. Thanks Uh, for bringing in an extra interviewer (laughs) to throw us all off. (laughs) And that was such a fun time that later on they asked us to come back uh, and do something. And we we're like, yeah, like we could do something for October. You're we trying to get King Oliver's open. Uh, you know, this can help you out. This can help us out. So every night this last October, we did something called uh, Tuesday Night Terrors, mm. where uh, Chris Madison and I would share ghost stories about Savannah. And then we would do a live paranormal investigation, often using the Estes method. And again, we got some very interesting answers. Uh, and Chris believes that one of the spirits that we've been getting answers in actually doesn't haunt that place. He thinks it might be something that's attracted to him. Oh, wow. Uh, from somewhere else. Just following him around. Yeah. (laughs) That's not freaky. No, it's totally (laughs) fine. (laughs) Now, had you dug into the history of that particular building and were you expecting certain like answers and and like did you have a knowledge of particular spirits that might be there before you went in so i had a few ideas based off of conversations that i'd had with the owners um we do know that that was used as a funeral home for a while uh it was also a uh billiards place for a while if i'm remembering correctly and that area of town has been used for like all sorts of things you've you used to have the railroad station across the street from right. it. Uh, so you would have had a lot of people coming and going. And that tends to trap a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, I I always come in with an idea 
of what to expect. And then all my ideas go right out the window. Right, right. Because <laughs> it's never what I'm expecting. Right, no doubt. And then so when you're hearing what might be answers mm-hmm. from your questions and these uh, folks in the spirit world might be answering these questions. Is it something you, you know, cause you see a lot of this on, on TV and some of these shows that do these paranormal investigations where you can't really understand, mm-hmm. you know, and you have to manipulate the audio a little bit in a way to, to sort of get it clear. So you can, are you able to understand it before any of that? Or with the Estes method, the only person who can hear what's going on in the spirit box is the person with the headphones. Uh, and since we've got the volume turned up really loud, um, it makes it a little bit easier as opposed to just having a spirit box out and you're all trying to make something out of mm. what's coming through. Right. Um, there are some that allow you to record it while you're listening, but we didn't have one of those. Right. Right. D- what answers did you hear? Did anything freak you out? Well, we kept getting something about someone named snake smith uh and it was it was very odd uh because all these spirits kept talking about snake but the way that they were talking about him it sounded like he was an outsider like he wasn't supposed to be there okay uh and chris believes that that might be somebody who's tied to him not somebody tied to that building oh interesting Mm -hmm. wow you know, I would imagine as you experience, uh, you know, walking people through these stories, which you often do on your tours, but then to be able to sit with people who can also watch it, you know, firsthand happening, mm-hmm. the, the the response, the reaction must be very interesting. It is. Um I was very fortunate to be able to contact a few of my friends ahead of time and say, hey, I'm going to be kind of busy. Can you be my moderator? Right, right. <laughs> because I can't be answering questions yeah. on the live stream at the same time that I'm trying to do all of this. Uh, but it is nice to have in the live stream because sometimes people in the live stream notice something that you don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's a plus to it. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I, I, we're going to talk, uh, so don't don't go anywhere because okay. we're going to talk about more <laughs> of these uh, encounters. But we're also going to talk about Alice Riley mm-hmm. um, shortly. So I, I just want you to know that's coming up. We're going to dig into what is technically the first murder trial in Georgia, mm-hmm. and this this is this is quite a story. I know we could spend so much time talking about Alice Riley, so we're going to get to that in a second. Um, tell me about some of your other encounters. Uh, you've had one at Madison Square recently? Yes. So before I started my tour company, I had been out at Madison Square one day. It was it was about 5.30 in the evening, but it was summer. So the sun still up, bright, sunny time. And I was filming over there. I went to go set my camera down. And when I stood up, there was a man standing right in front of me, glaring down at me. And then he disappeared. Oh, goodness. And I was like, I'm going to go home. That's <laughs> I'm good now. <laughs> I saw a ghost. I'm going home. I'm done for today. Uh, And for the longest time, I would tell that on my tours about how, you know, I had this experience, never saw this guy again. And this past summer, I went to go motion over to that area of the square during the story, and I felt like something was there. And I just had two people on my tour that night. I didn't have anywhere else 
I need to be immediately afterwards. So I looked at them and I said, hey, something's over there. Do you want to go see if we can figure out who it is? And they said, yeah. Oh, (laughs) those are the best kind, right? (laughs) So we walk over there and I have an app on my iPad that acts kind of like a spirit box almost, but it's more of a word generator. It doesn't scan through radio stations. And I opened that up. I introduced myself, explained who I was and asked if anybody was willing to answer any questions. And I asked if the man who scared me was there. And I hear no. I'm like, okay, he's not here. Good to know. Uh, Then I ask, were you here during the siege of Savannah? Were you here uh, during that Revolutionary War battle in 1779? And I hear yes and no. I'm like, all right. Hmm. So there's there's two people here. Right. Uh, And then one of my guests heard the word DeSoto, and that's right next to the DeSoto Hotel. So we're thinking, okay, we've got somebody from the siege. We've got somebody connected to the DeSoto in some way. We keep asking a few more questions, start getting like some very vague answers. Uh, and then I ask, would you like to keep talking to us? And we hear, no, go away. Uh-oh. And I said, thank you so much for your time. Yes. We're going to leave you alone. This has been fun. Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, not too long ago, I went back to do an investigation there for my Patreon members. And I'm live streaming this specifically for my Patreon. I've got my dog Vash with me. And I open up the same app and I start asking, you know, is there anybody here? Would anybody like to talk? And I hear yes. And I start hearing a couple of names. And then I start asking for ages. And I hear seven, eight, 12. They're all kids. Wow. And then I start hearing dog, dog, there's a dog. And I'm like, oh, these little ghost kids showed up because my dog is here. Right. <laughs> they wanted to play with the dog. Yeah. So the key to a good paranormal investigation, uh, bring your dog. Yes, obviously. <laughs> I love your dog. Seems to be very in tune. Yes. All the time. <laughs> yeah. It's it's uh, it's amazing. And and I do want to invite folks to uh, go follow you on on Instagram and TikTok and and see all of these things unfold, which is very very cool. How? Let me ask you how your uh, guest in that particular, well, in either one, how did they react to actually, were they able to see the words pop up in your app or? No, but we could hear them. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. How did they react? Were they freaked out or? No, they thought it was the coolest thing ever. (laughs) (laughs) They thought this is the tour we were supposed to be on. Right. (laughs) Like I don't, when I normally do my tours, it's just me sharing history and sharing personal encounters. Very rarely do we actually get an encounter Mm -hmm. on the tour. Uh, So that was kind of fun for them. Oh my gosh, I would imagine so. Um, Okay, tell me what happened at Old Factory Company. So I talked about Old Factory Company the last time Mm -hmm. I was on the podcast about how that shop is built off of Wright Square on top of where our original English burial ground was when we were a colony. And they have had some experiences there. A few weeks ago, I was bringing one of my groups by Two people. It's my last tour of the night, so it was like 11.30, 11.45. And we're standing in front of there. And I've got my back to the main window. I'm facing them. And I see movement out of the corner of my eye. And I see my guests go, <gasps> and back up for a second. And I said, what happened? And there are all these pillows stacked up in their front window. And one of the pillows slowly fell forward. Oh, Wow. And I took a picture of it. I tagged them on Instagram uh, because, again, 
very rarely do things happen on my tours. Right, sure. Uh, I was really excited about it. I was back there a couple of days later with another tour group. It was earlier in the evening before they had closed up and the owner came out to say, hey, I said, oh my goodness, I'm so glad you're here. This thing happened on my tour the other night. And he said, oh, I know all about this. We have motion sensors in there. And when the pillow fell, he got a notification on his phone. So he pulled it up and he could see me and my group on his security cameras freaking out. <laughs> but he also watched the pillow fall. And he said, yeah, that that tracks because that stuff happens in their store all the time. Mm-hmm. He said, normally it happens at the back of the store. So for it, for it to happen at the front was different. Yeah. Maybe they're getting used to you coming by yeah. and feeling like, I mean, if they're here, we might as well make a little commotion at the front. Yeah. The way I, the way I visualize it. And again, this is all conjecture. Yes. Uh, was a ghost going, Oh, she's back. She's telling some stories. Oh, uh, we're going to lean in for it. Oh no. Oh no. We, we knocked over the pillow. <laughs> They were listening and then they knocked. They just got over. into the story. Uh, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> and became the story. <laughs> I, I think it's, that's such an interesting spot um, that a lot of people, even a lot of locals don't know uh, the, what, what has happened there and what did happen there. And mm-hmm. um, that's such an interesting square just in general. It There's is. so much, I feel so much energy just walking through that square. Mm-hmm. And that that square has a long history to it if you want to share a little bit yeah. about that. Well, that that brings us to Alice Riley. Mm-hmm. This season, we're so proud to partner up with a trendsetter and a trend breaker in Savannah's historic district, the incomparable bar and restaurant that hits all the marks and sits right at 102 East Liberty Street. I'm talking about Savoy Society. You know, we fell in love with this downtown hotspot well before we even moved here, and it's captured our hearts even more as locals. Now, it's my favorite spot to grab a lemon drop martini. Mm-hmm. Hands down, best place to get a lemon drop martini. And I even like to try something new on occasion, like a sourdough flatbread, a slider, maybe even a new cocktail if I'm living dangerously. But don't even get me started on Megusta Mondays and the hot honey margarita, because once I tried that, mmm. Savoy Society, seriously, you had me at vinyl and wicker. The long bar, the cozy sofas, oh, and the pickled deviled eggs, and the mini hot dogs with the tots. It's a whole vibe. If you Google it, you'll see the popular opinion is the bartenders are just lovely. That's an understatement. They're really genuinely amazing. Stop by Savoy and tell them you heard about them on the Made of Savannah podcast. Savoy Society Sav, S-A-V, if you're looking for them on Instagram. Also, SavoySociety.com. Check out the full menu. Uh, so when Savannah was first established, General Oglethorpe lays it out on a grid pattern around four squares, uh, at least initially four squares. We had Wright, Telfair, Ellis, and Johnson Square. Some of the names have changed, but physically those are our first four squares. And Wright Square has two nicknames. One is Courthouse Square. The other is Hanging Square. Yes. There's always been a courthouse on that square. Uh, and I mentioned last time that General Oglethorpe had a couple of rules to keep things, you know, he hoped peaceful between everybody. Uh, one, no hard liquor, beer and wine were okay. No hard liquor. Right. Boo. Uh, no lawyers. <laughs> yes. He thought people should be able to settle things person to person. Very idealist plan. You kind of need everybody to be on the same page for that to work. Uh, no Catholics. We were a British Protestant colony and no slavery. Slavery wasn't legalized here until 1750. Right. 
now you've got some, you know, very wealthy people who've moved here who've never done a day's worth of hard labor in their entire lives. And they're like, oh, my God, but building a colony is really hard and there's bugs and you want us to do labor and touch things with our hands. Oh, my God. Right. So, of course, these people are going to find workarounds to that. And one of the workarounds was to get indentured servants. Yeah. And a lot of people think of indentured servitude as this thing where you're found guilty of a crime and you're sentenced to hard labor. Mm -hmm. And that did happen in some cases. But more often than not, people signed a contract to become an indentured servant. Uh, because you're looking at a lot of people who are starving and dying in poverty. And this looks like a good option. You sign this contract, you get a free ride over to the colonies, you work this contract, which could be somewhere between four to eight years. Then when you're done, you got a fresh start in the colonies. Sounds great. Mm -hmm. And one person who thought it sounded like a good idea was a 15-year-old Irish girl named Alice Riley. We believe she was about 15. Uh, and she ends up in Savannah. Uh, this was not the original destination for the ship that she was on, but they end up here. General Oglethorpe uh, purchases the contracts of all the people on that ship. And now she's in Savannah. And she was assigned to one guy. She worked for him for a while for whatever reason. Uh, she did not continue to work for him, not sure why, but she ends up having her contract transferred to a guy named William Wise, who was running a cattle farm over on Hutchison Island, where the Weston and the convention center are today. Right, right. So just across the river, that's not a big deal today, but back then, being on the other side of the river was a little bit different. They didn't have a bridge. Or a ferry that goes or a back ferry. <laughs> uh, So she is assigned to this farm. William Wise had gotten sick, and he said that he needed assistance. So one of her responsibilities was to bathe him. And she wasn't alone in that responsibility. There was another guy named Richard uh, White, who was another indentured servant. He helps her. Uh, but after a couple of weeks, William Wise is found dead. According to the information that we have, uh, which there's very little information but it appears that he was both drowned and strangled what about tell me the part because i've heard details that i'm like are any of these true i don't know was he also so he drowned strangled mm -hmm. was his head separated from his body at some point i have Is not been able to confirm that rumor okay so question mark there yeah 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 uh but for whatever reason the condition of his body made everybody go, oh, he was murdered. This mm -hmm. wasn't just an accident. He didn't have a heart attack or something. Right. Uh, and because we're talking mid 1730s Savannah, way before CSI was a thing, Alice and Richard are tracked down, brought back to Savannah, and put on trial in a courthouse that stood off of Wright Square. Mm. And they were Irish Catholic in a British Protestant colony with no lawyers. Right. Yeah, they, they definitely didn't get a fair trial. And they were both found guilty and sentenced to hang. Now, when did, was there this, uh, I've heard she was pregnant. Yes. When did that come up that so they knew that? they, first they had to build gallows in the square because none of the trees you see in Wright Square were there in the 1730s. All of those trees uh, are about 100 to 150 years old. So relatively new. 
uh, in the grand scheme of things with trees. Uh, so gallows were built in that square. And back in the day, hangings were public entertainment. Right. Like that was that was a cause to come into town and get a picnic and mm. sit there and watch people die. Oh, it's horrible. Uh, uh, so they want to hang them both on the same day. Uh, very morbid double feature. Uh, well, Alice reveals that she's pregnant. So she knew. She knew. Okay. Uh, and they're like, well, we can't hang a pregnant girl. It's, we don't know who the father is. A lot of people will say that it was Richard White. Some people say it was William Wise. Some people think it may have been somebody who worked at the jail. Who knows? Okay. We really don't know. Alice never said. At least it wasn't recorded anywhere. Uh, but she was, in fact, pregnant, and they made her and Richard wait until she gave birth. I didn't realize they made Richard wait as well. Yes. Okay, they so can't, they were both scheduled. I was going to say, they're scheduled together. Apparently, that's going to happen. Yes. Uh, so they make them wait. And after a few weeks, they're like, all right, like you gave birth. You got to nurse your baby for a little bit, and now you die. Oh, God. So they were scheduled to hang on the same day. Richard escapes. No. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, they send out people to go look for him. But by this point, people have already gathered. They're here for a show. And so Alice is hung. Oh, gosh. By herself? Mm -hmm. And Richard is found the same day. They bring him back. They hang him the day after her. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Now, unfortunately, uh, it appears that her baby died a few weeks later. Hmm based off of letters that were sent from Savannah back to England. And we never found out who the father was for sure. Nope. Was there anything, I mean, obviously, you know, like you said, no CSI, no uh, real detective situation going on. But was there ever any tie directly that she killed Wise? Not really. It was all about opportunity. And they had the opportunity. But there were other people who also had the opportunity. He had more servants. Yeah, there were more servants. Uh, there were visitors who could have come over. There were people who had boats who could have sailed over the river mm. uh, who may have known the schedule. Uh, again, we could debate this all day. Uh, some people think that Richard did it and Alice was just guilty by association. Some people think that uh, William maybe did something to Alice and this was her and Richard getting back at him. We don't know. It is mm. all speculation. Oh, what a weird, awful question mark story. <laughs> oh, it's horrible. Mm -hmm. I mean, and and so that situation, do you, I mean, do people ever think that Alice is still around or oh, yeah. Richard or? Uh, one of my friends has seen Alice in the square. And said that Alice looked like, you know, just a regular girl looking maybe 16, 17 years old, wearing mm. a white dress, just hanging out. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Um, yeah, that's crazy. And I feel like, you know, especially, you know, our culture now, we're very um, interested in, in these murder investigations, you know, and what happened and who did it. And mm -hmm. I feel like this is kind of one of those that we'll never really know. No, unfortunately. Um because everybody who should have been impartial in this clearly came in with a bias. Um, and 
it really had a lot to do with the fact that they were Irish and Catholic mm. um, because you're talking about a predominantly English and Protestant colony. And I don't think people today realize how much the Protestants distrusted the Catholics back then because England had gone back and forth. Are we a Catholic country? Are we a Protestant country? And at this point in their history, they were a Protestant country, but Irish Ireland was still majority Catholic. Right. Uh, so was France and Spain, and England wasn't cool with France and Spain at that point in time. And they were worried that anybody who was Catholic would have more in common with these other countries than they would with England, even if they were English citizens. Sure. So if you're Catholic at all, they did not trust you. And Catholics were allowed to come to Savannah. They just weren't allowed to openly practice their faith. Right. Oh, crazy. Um, it's, it's interesting too. Like, I think people are always so blown away, like visitors to Savannah are always so blown away when they come here and they see all of these religions represented, mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, there are communities of, you know, Irish, there are communities of Catholic, there are communities, they're so, they're, they're all represented here. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. And I do think it's interesting that all the rules that General Oglethorpe had, we broke every single last That's one of right. them. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, the no slavery thing was one of those. Uh, that one I really wish we had stuck with. Mm, no doubt. But yeah, we've got a lot of Catholics. We've got a lot of lawyers. We've got a lot of hard liquor. <laughs> we got a lot of hard liquor. <laughs> yeah, we've got a lot of uh, rule makers and rule breakers. Yes. Here, I feel like. That's our new slogan as a city. <laughs> yeah, it should be. Yeah, because that's basically what we do around here. Um, no doubt about it. Um, so this is just kind of one of the many, many stories that you you dive into on your tours. And I know that you spend a lot of time going through Wright Square, but a lot of time going through the other squares too. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you have a favorite story from a, a favorite square of yours? That's a good question. Uh, it really depends on the night in my mood. Right. Uh, because the, the thing that I like about owning my own tour company is the fact that I have multiple routes. So if I feel that I'm doing the same route over and over again, I can just shift gears and go to another one so that I'm telling fresh stories mm -hmm. and I'm not getting bored with my own stories. Right. Uh, my favorite story to tell actually doesn't involve ghosts. Uh, it does involve googly eyes though. Oh, I like it. So over in Johnson Square, you have that monument to Nathaniel Green. He was a Revolutionary War hero, survives the American Revolution, uh, gets a plantation out where the current port of Savannah is today, dies from heat stroke. So I always joke, what have we learned from this story? That summers in Savannah are worse than the American Revolution. <laughs> uh, but he dies. He and his son are initially buried out in Colonial Park Cemetery. When that monument is put up, uh, their remains are rediscovered and moved there in front of the monument. Uh, so he and his son are actually buried in Johnson Square intentionally. We have intentional and unintentional burials in some of our squares. Right. He is an intentional one. Uh, but yeah, he was a Revolutionary War hero. Uh, that's the biggest thing that he did during his life. Uh, but a few years ago, somebody hopped that little fence and put googly eyes on him. 
And he made international news. Yes, yes. <laughs> Everybody was talking about the googly eyes on Nathaniel Green. Um, the city of Savannah at that point in time, a lot of people who work there are not the same people who worked there back then. Right. So this is this is not talking about current city of Savannah people. Yeah. Um, but back then they put a post on their Facebook talking about who did this, like this is a crime, we're going to find you. And... They were the only people who really took it seriously. Everybody else in town thought it was hilarious. Yes. And then people, I think, started, that became like a thing. Oh, yeah. People started putting googly eyes on all kinds of historical figures. And yeah, that became a thing. And that person or persons, we don't know, uh, has never been caught. And they have been dubbed the googly eye bandit. Oh, wow. So we have our own Robin Hood. Yeah. <laughs> folk hero type person yes uh every once in a while somebody put googly eyes on something in savannah and everybody's like oh googly eye bandits there back. He is <laughs> or she or them <laughs> <Yep>. or <laughs> not sure which um <laughs> that's hilarious to me um, you know it's 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 funny the reactions that a lot of people have uh regarding some of the big tourist spots here in Savannah. And, you know, so many people, like you said, have heard about certain areas like Bonaventure and, mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of on your, if you're here for the weekend, it's kind of on your top 10 list kind of, yep. kind of thing, you know, to go and, and visit, you know, certain spots. You've, you've been at all of them and you, you've got like, you have stories from all of them and it's, it's just, it's a really cool thing to see. I recently saw some pictures and I can't remember if it was if you put out pictures of this or not, but I recently saw some pictures of, you know, the dense fog that we had yes. and like over Bonaventure, like I didn't get any at Bonaventure, unbelievable. but I wish I had like, I mean, anywhere that you would see that kind of dense fog anywhere in Savannah just brings up this like creepy, spooky kind of feeling mm -hmm. like it, it's, it's beautiful, but at the same time, it's, it definitely brings it up. Yeah. That night was fantastic. I ran into a couple of other people, uh, who do their own tours and we're like, Oh my God, this night is fantastic. Like we're all downtown trying to get video and pictures right? Uh, because you don't see fog that thick mm -hmm. downtown often. Right. It was, it was pretty special. Yeah, no doubt. The good night to go do tours. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. I didn't even have tours that night. <laughs> <laughs> but I could imagine you racing down to get some pictures and whatnot. Um, one of, I think, my favorite spots, and I'm guessing it might be one of yours, and I'd love to hear if you've seen anything that, uh, here recently, is Colonial Park Cemetery. Mm -hmm. It's a cool place. It is. A uh, very active place, too. Uh there are hundreds of marked graves there and thousands of unmarked graves. And it's for a variety of reasons. It closed to uh, new burials in 1853 and went through a lot. <laughs> the fact that there's anything still there is kind of amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's going to be a very active place. Uh, I've had some people on my tour who have seen things there at night when you expect to see creepy things in right. a cemetery. Uh, I had a little girl on one of my tours recently, and we were in front of the big front gate. Okay. Uh, that the Daughters of the American Revolution yes, put up. Yes, yes. And she sees a woman in a white dress with blonde hair walk down one of the walkways and sit on a bench. No one else on my tour saw her. She was behind the gate, the woman. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. But I had a medium on my tour a couple of days ago, and as soon as we crossed over, I hadn't mentioned anything about the cemetery other than the fact that we were going there. And as soon as we cross over to the sidewalk right in front 
of the cemetery, she said, I see a woman in a white dress with blonde hair. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> nice. So that kid just got confirmation. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I had I had one fun experience at that front gate. And we were walking by late one night and I can't even remember. I think we were trying to go back to um, another square that we had parked at. And so we were walking by that front gate there crossing, crossing that's Oglethorpe right mm -hmm. there. And so we were about to cross Oglethorpe and right before we did, cause the, the crosswalk uh, light wasn't on and I had to tie my shoe and I sat down right in front of the gate mm -hmm. on the steps there. And I took my, I had my phone in my back pocket. I took my phone out of my back pocket and I set it down right beside me, tied my shoe chatting with everybody in the group, got up, walked away, realized after I had crossed the street, I left my phone mm -hmm. back there on the steps. I thought, oh man, I left my phone. So I turn around, look, no traffic. Okay, good to go. I'm scurrying across the, across, back across the street. When I get back over to the steps, I realize my phone has been moved to behind the gate. Originally, it was at the very edge of the step, right where I sat down. Mm. And when I get back over there, it has been pulled back to right behind the gate. And I thought, I sat there and thought for a moment and spoke to whatever was there and said, <laughs> did you need to make a call or? <laughs> they just wanted to take a selfie. If you want to, like, I'm <laughs> happy to call somebody for you if that's what you want. But that's, uh, that's as close as I think I've gotten to something. But I always feel quite an active energy field, I guess I would call it, uh, mm -hmm. walking by there, not even walking through, just walking by. I have felt a very kind of heavy sort of, you know, thing going on there. Oh, yeah. I had a guest on one of my tours. This happened on a previous trip to Savannah, so not during my tour. But she was staying at the 1790, uh, which for anybody who's not familiar with Savannah, is very close to Colonial Park Cemetery. Yes. And she was hanging out with some of her friends who lived behind the cemetery. They were staying behind the cemetery. And they lock up that cemetery at sunset. And as she was hanging out with them, she notices that the sun's starting to get lower. And she doesn't want to have to walk all the way around the cemetery. So she tells her group, you know, I'll see y'all tomorrow. I'm going to head back to my hotel. She's walking towards the back gate, the one that's right next to that children's playground. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, where else are you going to put a playground in Savannah? Exactly. Uh, and as she gets closer to the cemetery, she sees a woman standing just outside the gate facing in. And she said the woman was holding her arm like it was hurt. So she goes up to ask her if she's okay. And that's when she said the woman turns around and gives her this creepy smile. Mm. And she said, all right, I'm just going <laughs> to leave you alone. And so she walks past her. Starts to walk through the cemetery, feels somebody behind her, and turns around. Creepy smiling lady is following her now. Oh, no. So now she's walking a little faster. Picking up the pace. Uh, <laughs> continues to walk through the cemetery. <laughs> checking over her shoulder, creepy smiling lady continues to follow her. Oh, no. She gets to the front gate where Lincoln picks up again. Right. And turns around to confront this strange woman, and the woman is gone. Of course. Mm -hmm. Yes, that makes total sense. <laughs> and that happened when the sun was still up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Imagine. Um, 
I, what was the, were people messing with it? And that's why they started closing it at sunset there. At yeah. The, they did have problems with vandalism. Yeah. I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, you can still walk through during the day, yes, right? Okay. Yes. Yeah. So funny story, not related to ghosts, but funny. And it does relate to Colonial Park Cemetery. So they lock it up at sunset. Uh, last October, there was one night where they didn't lock it up. I don't know if whoever was supposed to lock it up just forgot that night. I don't know what happened. Uh, but I was taking my tours by and I noticed that there are people still walking through the cemetery. And then all the lights in the cemetery go out. Oh, wow. And you just hear screams and you see flashlights coming on. Oh, I bet. Uh, so they got they got their experience <laughs> for October. That's right. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> that it, it's always a fun time, and I would imagine no tour or night is the same for you. Nope. Everybody's a little different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 all yeah. Every night's different uh, when we're just tooling around. Oh so. yeah. <laughs> no two nights in Savannah are the same. <laughs> Absolutely, which makes it fun. Um, so there are a couple of spots left for the bad love. A Valentine's ghost tour. Yes. And that's this Saturday is the only uh, only one left. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, because you did one already and then you're doing one. Yep. I did them on the 10th and 14th. That's right. So you did one yesterday. and the, Okay. Yeah. So we've got one left. Bad love, a Valentine's ghost tour. Now, the best way for folks to find out how to get a hold of you and for open spots on your tours, what's the best place? They can go to my website, enicaedenfieldtours.com. Excellent. Of course, we'll have the uh, link for that in the show notes. And it's always fun to sit down and talk with you. I know that uh, your 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 story bank only gets bigger and bigger every time. This is always fun. Yeah, Savannah. Savannah just keeps giving. Yeah, yeah, it does. No doubt about it. Um, well, make sure you stop by and and uh, and check out Enika's tours. She's a great, great tour guide. She has so much information. Um, and I promise you will get the chills two or three times. So, um, <laughs> if that's what you're looking for, you'll get those, but you also get the facts and yep. the history, which is nice. Um, so yeah, check out the tours of a bad love of Valentine's ghost tour. And then you continue to do tours, you know, oh, yeah. just all throughout the year. I There's, do tours all year long. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Um, it's, it's always a fun time to have you on Enika. I appreciate you. you coming by and sharing stories and I, I can't wait to hear more in the future from it's you. It's always fun to be here. Well, if you're looking for a cool spot to go, how about Habersham Village colleagues and lovers? Have you checked them out yet? Now, I got to tell you, if you love like theme nights and really, really great cocktails and really fantastic, well thought out food, this is the place to go. Colleagues and lovers, Habersham Village. They've got so many cool theme nights. Now, go to their Facebook or go to their Instagram to check out. Uh, what's going on and what theme nights they're doing. But they've got a pizza night that is phenomenal. Uh, They've got steak night. You can even make a reservation for that if you want to be fancy. Um, They also have service industry night as well. They do so much and give back to not only the service industry here in Savannah, but they also do so much with nonprofits in the area too. And it's just a great restaurant. Habersham Village, colleagues and lovers. It's one of my favorite places. Who's looking for a fun night out? I'm always raising my hand for that. 
It's about that time of year when we'll have some family coming into town. And of course, you want to entertain them with something new and totally fun. Well, we have just the thing. Savannah's best live music and theater experience. It's Savannah Cabaret. And you're in luck. Tickets are now on sale for the production of Mel Brooks' Young Frankenstein at savannacabaret.com. Tickets are on sale, savannacabaret.com. This production is going to be everything. But you need to reserve your tickets because they will sell fast. I promise you that. The show runs April 18th through May 5th. Go ahead and get your tickets now before they sell out. Based on the classic 1974 movie, it's the hilarious show that tells the story of Dr. Frankenstein's grandson, Frederick, who is struggling to create his own legacy separate from his family's name. It's going to be a monstrous good time on Jefferson Street in historic Savannah. A fabulous cast and a laugh out loud great time, but only if you have tickets. SavannahCabaret.com. And later this year, we've got time-traveling drag queens in the 1960s, maybe a little case of the cabaret killer. Doesn't that sound fun? Go get your tickets at SavannahCabaret.com. That's SavannahCabaret.com. You know, some people have a dream home. Some people have 10 dreams about buying property in 10 different places. At Cork and Austin Hill Realty, we always want you to live who you are, wherever and whatever that dream looks like. You hear businesses talking sometimes about how long they have served a city, but do you ever stop and wonder if they mean that's how long they've been in business there? Or do they really mean that's how long they've served that community? Cork and Austin Hill Realty truly serves Savannah. Yes, I mean the region, but I really mean the people, the history, the business developers, the nonprofits, all communities, all backgrounds, the buyers, the sellers, the investors, the mom and pop shop owners, the first time home seekers, the young, the matured, and we've been doing it serving you since 1978. Cork and Austin Hill Realty sits beautifully at the corner of Liberty and Bull Streets in historic Savannah, home of the Made of Savannah podcast studios and home to a huge group of people ready to serve you. 251 Bull Street, Savannah. Stop in, ask questions, see local artists at Location Gallery, and check out available listings at CorcoranAHR.com. Thanks for listening to the Made of Savannah podcast. Do us a favor, write us a review, give us a rating. Make sure you subscribe or follow the podcast and share this podcast with someone you know. Follow us on Instagram at Made of Savannah and a huge thanks to our sponsors, Savoy Society, colleagues and lovers, and the fabulous Savannah Cabaret. If you or someone you know has a great Savannah story to tell, be sure to get in touch with us. We would love to hear it. The welcome mat is always out. <laughs>